you are getting a bonus episode with Nikki Rausch on women taking the lead. Most people want to be asked for their business and they won't make a decision to hire you until you invite them. So never be afraid of inviting somebody to do business with you. Never be afraid of reaching out to somebody and engaging with them because for even if it's a no, most of the time they're flattered. If you do it in an authentic way and if you do it from a place of coming, being of service to them. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentakingthelead.com to join the community and get the resources to support you on your leadership journey. Now, your future awaits. So let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me. I am here with a very special lady in my life. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna give you an introduction and then I'm gonna tell you about how I met her. Founder and CEO of Sales Maven, an organization dedicated to authentic selling, Nikki Rausch has the unique ability to transform the misunderstood process of selling. With over 24 years of experience selling to such prestigious organizations as the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, Hewlett Packard, and NASA, Nikki shattered sales records in many industries, receiving multiple top producer awards along the way. Today, entrepreneurs and small business owners from a wide range of disciplines hire Nikki to show them how to sell successfully and authentically without being pushy or salesy. An emerging and sought-after speaker, she shares the secrets of her sales success through illuminating keynote addresses and business-changing workshops. Her robust Sales Maven Society, a membership program, ignites game-changing outcomes for clients. And Nikki has a couple of books that are available in Amazon as well. There is Buying Signals, How to Spot the Green Light and Increase Your Sales, and Six-Word Lessons on Influencing with Grace. And before I hand the mic over to Nikki, I want to share with you guys, um, for some of you, you, you've been along on this journey with me for the past couple of years where I publicly, well, I, I went through my goal setting process on the podcast. I believe it was like 2017, I think it was. Yes. And I shared that I was going to use myself as a guinea pig and take myself through the process to show how it worked. And then at the end of it, because I was getting so much feedback on these episodes, I promised to share once a month an episode uh, going over how I was doing and achieving my goals. And I had a lot of success that year, but there were a couple of areas that I did not have success in. And one was the relationship goal. And the other was the profitability goal for my business. And when I recapped the year at the end of 2018, I stated, being a coach myself, that I knew that there was something I didn't know I didn't know in these areas, and I needed coaching myself. Now, last month, I brought on my dating and relationship coach, Bobby Palmer, and from the feedback I got on that, you guys really enjoyed that episode. Well, I also happened to quickly find the sales coach I had been searching for for years, and she dropped in my lap through my network. And isn't that how it happens? It's usually through the strong networks that we're forming that we have our needs met. And I happened to be listening to an episode 
of Geraldine Carter's uh, podcast, She Thinks Big. You guys have met Geraldine before. And she had Nikki Rausch on it. And immediately after listening to the episode, I remember I sent Nikki a Facebook message because I didn't have her email address. And I said, Nikki, just listen to the episode with you and Geraldine. And you should know Geraldine is my sister from another mister. And what Geraldine talked about as her issues in sales are my issues in sales. She's had so much success with you. I'm going to download your ebook, read it, and then I'll be in contact with you. And Nikki was so gracious in her reply saying, thank you so much. Reach out when you're ready. I'm excited. Can't wait to talk to you. And it has been just from there, just unfolding the radical changes that have happened in my business in terms of increasing uh, my profitability month over month. I've been working with Nikki since January and I knew my having success and my finding that sales coach who made me feel good about sales and the sales process, I knew I had to share her with you. So I promised that would be short. It wasn't but it had to be said. So Nikki, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for taking the time to share your knowledge with my community. But before we dive into anything else, tell us a little bit more about you um, and what you think the audience needs to know about you. Well, thank you for that really sweet and gracious introduction. I am so honored to have you in my community and to get to work with you and support you. And I am a big fan of you. So thank you for having me on the on the show. And um, let's see, things that people might want to know about me. I am absolutely committed to teaching people how to build strong relationships and make sales the, the easy, seamless process to working with your ideal clients. And so even, even the people out listening who might think like, ooh, sales, oh, scary or yucky, my, I am absolutely committed to showing people simple and powerful ways that allows for you to just show up and be yourself and have some strategy to it so that you're more strategic. So you make it easy for people to determine whether or not you are the right person or have the right product for them. So that's really my, my whole goal in life mm -hmm. <laughs> is to make it easy for people to find and attract their ideal clients and then actually walk through the closing pro or walk through the sales process and get to that point where you actually exchange dollars for services or product. Yes. And that episode uh, of Geraldine's that I listened to, I that was the sense I got. Like the, my biggest takeaway from you on that, that, that episode was, because I've heard these things before, but you really conveyed it so well that I felt it, that the sales is is a conversation where you're building a relationship with the people you're meant to serve, you know, or the way you outline it is the person, right? It's very humanizing. It's very personal. It's about that relationship, how you can be of service. And it sounded fun, right? That, you know, <laughs> and you said, and you want, and you have a process called the sales staircase, um, as opposed to what the marketing funnel is. So for those of you who are listening, if you think about the marketing funnel, that's like, you know, where people are just maybe starting to become aware of you and they're ready to get to know you more. It then transitions into the sales process. So marketing and sales are, are very different. Mm -hmm. And, and Nikki going over the sales staircase, the way she conveyed it was, 
even if somebody gets to the last step and they're a no, there has been such good conversation around the way, along the way, and the relationship is intact and whole at the end of it, that these people often become your best referral sources because they have had a chance to get to know you, to feel your commitment, your integrity, um, and who you are through the whole process. And they've gotten a lot of information on who you do and you don't work with, on your services and what's it like to work with you, that they, they can easily identify the people who should be working with you. And I was like, yes, that's what I want it to be like, yes, I want the yes. But if it's a no, I want that person to feel good walking away. And that's one of my, the things that used to trip me up when I thought about, you know, sales and the sales process. Yeah. The, the whole idea is that it really, I always say, put the relationship first and then the sales come. And it can sound like, oh, well, that means I'm going to have to take a really long time, you know, and that's going to take months or years to close the sale, which isn't necessarily the case. Although I am totally willing to stay in it with somebody for months or even years, if that is really what it is going to take for it to be the right time for them. And and that doesn't mean chasing clients or anything like that or hounding people with emails and, you know, going like, are you ready yet? Should, are you ready to buy? Or none of that. It really is just about building relationship and rapport. Like the foundation of everything I teach is about rapport first, because without rapport, you don't have a relationship. And without relationship, oftentimes people just won't give you their money because the fact of the matter is there's a lot of choices out there and we have a very savvy um, and really, frankly, skeptical society nowadays. Mm-hmm. And people can go and, and, you know, get online and find just about anything or find the answers anywhere or, you know, buy product from a myriad of places. And in order to really build a long-term sustainable business, you need people who are going to be ambassadors and advocates for your work out in the world. And what they say about you almost matters more than anything you could ever say about yourself. And so you do want to create these really strong relationships. And yes, we want the yeses, but even the ones that are no's, we want them walking away feeling good about the experience with you and not being like, oh man, I'm going to avoid that person when I see them at a networking event or I'm going to you know, remove myself from their list or any of that kind of stuff. Because the other thing about it is things change. Sometimes it's a no today because of their circumstances, and then something will change. You want to be the person they come back to when they are ready, when the time is right. You know, and something um, I've definitely experienced in my business, and I've heard other people talk about too, is that experience of you know somebody needs your services, right? You've either heard through the grapevine, or they've pretty much told you in person, but you're trying to build rapport with them. But their, say, their communication style or their personality type doesn't quite align with yours. And you're trying to build rapport. What do you recommend in that case? Well, one of the things I always recommend is pay attention to the other person because, you know, one of the things about my background is I have an extensive background in neurolinguistic programming, which sounds super scientific and really is the study of communication and the way people communicate. And when you can pay attention to somebody else, they give you clues as to how they prefer to be communicated with. So if you're in a conversation with somebody, 
you can actually do something to get yourself in sync with them because you know, law of physics and trainment and synchronization is about, it takes less energy to be around people who you are in sync with than to be around people who you you are out of sync with. So one of the things you want to do is get in sync with people. And when somebody has a very different style than you, you find something about them and you start to and this is an NLP term, match and mirror them. So for instance, one of the things I always recommend when you find somebody who has a very different style than you, pay attention to their rate of speech. If they're a really fast talker, they got a lot to say, and you maybe have a slower rate of speech, be willing to speed up a little bit because it's actually easier for them to stay in conversation with you. And if you are a really fast talker and you sometimes interrupt people and you talk over people and maybe you don't even take a breath between sentences, then slow down for that other person if they have a slower rate of speech than you. And sometimes just even matching somebody's rate of speech and you don't have to match it 100%. I always say, imagine the spectrum like zero to 10 and somebody who's a really fast talker is probably like an eight. And somebody who has a little bit of a slower rate of speech might be a four, maybe a three. And by the way, wherever you fall on the spectrum, you're perfect. <laughs> There's no right or wrong place to be. What, what I'm suggesting though is to put the other person at ease and be willing to adjust to them first. Because when you're willing to adjust to somebody else and specifically rate of speech, oftentimes what happens is you kind of find yourself in a middle ground because they will start to adjust to you. You get in sync. Now it's easier to stay in conversation with you. It's easier to be more forthcoming about what their wants and needs are. And also people are more apt to listen to people who have a similar rate of speech than them. They'll they'll be more open to hearing your message Mm -hmm. and hearing about how you might be able to serve them. Absolutely. I I 100% agree that we tend to want to work with people that we feel align with us right? Either think the way we think or like our personality, like we're looking for connection with other people, you know, and that's part of the reason why you so intrigued me because I was like, yes, that's how I want my clients to feel. She just said that like, like I want everyone when I've left them to have this experience where it was a come as you are, you're welcome. You're accepted and welcome. However you show up, mm-hmm. I'm glad, you know, and I, that's why I loved your mandala too. We'll have Nikki talk about the mandala in a second, but the, the whole concept of, uh, you know, I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad yeah. you're here, you know, and, and, you know, I, that's the experience I want to have. And I didn't think I could have it and be really good at sales at the same time. And you have shattered that misconception for me. <laughs> I'm going to say success then. I love that. Because yes, it, it is about, um, you know, one of my favorite quotes of all time, which I don't know who the author of this is, but it's blessed are the flexible for they shall not be bent out of shape. <laughs> and so really what I am aiming to, to teach is teaching people how to be more flexible and still be yourself, still be authentic and allow for your personality to shine through and be flexible so that the other person, your prospect, your client, feels at ease with you, feels comfortable enough. And this isn't about you know, trying to manipulate anybody. This isn't about being schmarmy or salesy or any of those negative things. It's about allowing for somebody to really make a, a good decision for them. Okay. 
And your process is to make it really, and your job really in your business is to make it easy for people to determine, do you have something that meets their need, solves their problem, helps them with whatever their want is? And then can you deliver it in a way that they can comprehend it, understand it, and make a a good decision that they feel really good about? Like I want every single person who ever pays me money to be like, that was money well spent, right? And I think most of us do. Most of us want that. Yeah. And I agree with you because we'll do that for family and friends. We're flexible. We'll change our pace. We'll, you know, <laughs> compromise. That's a, why wouldn't we do this for the people who want to work with us? But, or we know like, you know, because sometimes I'm sure you have this experience all the time. Like, oh my God, I know. I know if they worked with me, it would change their life. It would like the problems that they're talking about, the things that keep them up at night would just, would be gone. Like if they worked with me and, and it's, and I've definitely um, got from you, or I should say, um, reinforced, you know, through you, the notion of um, we're here to serve, mm-hmm. right? And by matching and mirroring, we're allowing the other person to be served yes. by us and, and have them be comfortable with it. Yes. And I will say, I think some of us who feel this call to, to serve others and to want to be you know, of service and provide something of value out into the marketplace, it also can be really easy to get caught up in those people who like, I know I can help them and I, if they would just listen to me and if they would just do this or, <laughs> right. But that usually is an indicator that we, we become overly attached. And I struggle with this too, because there's a lot of people out there that I meet that I'm like, Oh, if that person would just be willing to give it a chance, like I can make a huge difference in their business. But what I have found that has worked the best in a lot of situations is I don't let myself be overly attached to anybody saying yes to me. And I think because of that, it takes some of the pressure off of them, right? Mm -hmm. And it also takes the pressure, like I never feel like I have to convince anybody to work with me me or buy from me because my, my true belief is that my job is to make it easy for people to understand what I do, for me to understand the selling process and move them through it, but not be attached to them saying yes. And anytime I start to get attached to them saying yes, it's the days where I'm like, oh, I just want to like give it up and quit. Or, you know, it's like, that's the day. Those are the bad days. Mm -hmm. And I don't let myself have those because I love what I do and I love my business and I love, love, love my clients. And the people who I get to work with, honestly, are like, mind-blowing like you, right? Like I'm so honored (laughs) that I get to work with people like you. It is, it is a true blessing in my life. And I know it's because I'm just not overly attached to you saying yes to me. It's Mm -hmm. more about me showing up and being willing to adjust and make it easy for you to make a decision. Yeah. And that's been my experience, you know, from first finding you and you know, telling you, you know, I basically outed myself. We, I, I find so many times we're trying to be guarded and hide the fact that we want to hire somebody. Like we won't tell them, but with you, I was just like, I want to hire you. I mean, you know, as soon as possible. Um, you know, so through that interaction to our, you know, the consultation you did with me where, um, we went through a, a sales assessment. Um, so yeah. I could, I could get a better picture of like where the problems were cropping up and that was amazing. And it was 
free. So, you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully those who are listening, take it, if you need this, take advantage of it. It was amazing, you know, through deciding at what level I was going to work with you and then opportunities that have come up since then. It's always been, this is an invitation, would love for you to do this. And when I made, you know, some of them were yeses and some of them were no for now. Mm -hmm. And you were like, great. You know, because, you know, I chat with you and be like, here's why I'm making this decision because that's me. I I do that. And and you're like, no, that sounds great. And I totally understand. Like the whole time I, I have absolutely gotten that from you that like, I love working with you. Here's an opportunity. It's an invitation and great if you do great if you don't, you know, and I have, and that gives me complete freedom to stay in your world. There's no weirdness for for us, even though, and I'll, I'll say to people like Nikki offers opportunities, like, and some people might get really intimidated by, by that, but they're, but I'll say it again, a hundred percent, hands down, they're presented as opportunities and invitations and that's it. And And so it's wonderful. Yeah. 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 The, the idea that, um, you know, again, one of the things that I really focus on is that sometimes people are not ready or maybe the offer that I've put out is not the right offer for them. And so I do always want to set it up that, you know, it's okay to tell me no, (laughs) because Mm -hmm. it can be hard sometimes for for a prospect to have to say no to somebody. And this is why I think a lot of prospects like ghost you. Mm -hmm. Because it's so uncomfortable for people to say no and they don't want to let you down and they don't want to damage the relationship and all of the things that we have going on in our head. And so my one of my jobs is to make it easy for people to also say no because I want them to still feel good about the relationship and know that, hey, I care about you as a person. And if it's a no and if it's a no never, Nikki, that's totally fine too, you know, that it doesn't doesn't make me not want to engage with you or talk to you or hear from you or any of those things. So sometimes we, I do believe we have to make it easy for clients to say no. Now, I don't mean like give them a bunch of outs in the email, right? <laughs> Convince like, them not to work with you. <laughs> I don't mean, don't ever say to somebody like, you don't have to buy anything because I don't think that's an authentic statement if you're selling something but you make the offer and I do present it always as an invitation. And if the answer is no, then my response will always be, thank you so much for letting me know. And that's great. And I wish you well. And I'm here when you're ready. Like, that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love that. And you know what? It was coming to me too. We need to go back because I did a rush overview of the difference between a marketing funnel and the sales staircase. And since this is like the crux of like what distinguishes you and the services you provide, could you um, give us an overview? What is the difference between a marketing funnel and the sales staircase? Well, a lot of people call it a sales funnel too, just for those who are listening that are like, well, I've never heard marketing funnel. It also is referred to as sales funnel. I refer to it as most of the activities that, that are prescribed in a filling a funnel are marketing activities, which mm-hmm. are great and important to your business. I mean, sales and marketing go hand in hand. I would say they're cousins. They're not the same, Mm -hmm. you know? And so we do need to market ourselves and we do need to put ourselves out into the marketplace, however that looks for you and your business. But once you get, 
get a conversation going with a prospective client, this is where I always say, now we're on the selling staircase. Now we're going to move people through the steps. And I find that, you know, teaching people about sales funnels is important, but then once they get into actual sales conversations, they feel lost. They're not sure what to say. They're not sure, you know, where am I in the conversation and what should I do next and what should I say next and what should the client be experiencing? And that's the stuff that I teach is like, okay, once we've got the lead in the door, what do we do with it? What's the language that you use? How do you move people from step to step to step. And I was in my selling staircase, there are five steps. And your job is to move your client to the next step in every piece of the of the conversation and process. And sometimes that happens in one conversation and sometimes that happens over, you know, months and hopefully not, but sometimes years of working a client up the staircase and then getting to a place where you exchange dollars for product or service. One of the missteps that I often find people are making in the selling process is they're trying to skip steps. And when, you, when it's your business, when it's your job to earn the other person's business, you cannot skip steps. And so this is why I teach this very structured step-by-step process. Because if you're meeting somebody the first time and saying like, hi, how are you? Do you want to buy from me? They're like, no, I don't want to buy from you. I don't know you. And (laughs) why do you even think you could even approach me that way? But yet oftentimes people don't realize that that is their approach. Now it's not quite as obvious as I just said it, but when you look at the communication that they have with, with like leads that come in the door or people they meet at networking events or people who call them, you know, or visit their website and then submit a contact form or whatever, it's, it's like a, I just go from hi to buy from me. And, and when you miss those steps, people are like, no, not going to do it. Now your clients can skip steps. They can come right up to you and be like, Jody, I heard great things. Here's my money. I want to, I want to hire you. Great. Mm -hmm. They can skip the steps. You cannot skip the steps. And if you're skipping steps, you're probably leaving a lot of money on the table and you're missing out on working with some of the best clients you'll ever get. And Nikki, what, what is the most common misstep along the selling staircase? Like where, where do people fall down the most? <laughs> <laughs> I love this question. <laughs> now, if you, I think if I, if you ask mo- more, most people where they fall down, they often tell me they fall down in the closing process. And I find that rarely to be the case. Now, there can be th- some things that we can tweak in their closing process that allow for them to be more efficient and effective. But oftentimes where people fall down is on step two, which is on creating curiosity. And because they don't know how to create curiosity, it's, it's that like the people who tell me like I'm, I'm, I'm falling down on the clothes usually is because in some way they're saying, hi, how are you? Do you want to buy from me? They mm-hmm. skipped all the steps in between and they went right to the clothes. So this idea of learning how to create some curiosity and open the door for people to want to know more and for them to ask you questions, creating curiosity is, is something I teach you know, <laughs> to mm-hmm. all my clients. And it's something that I find most people just completely ignore and miss. And yet when you miss that step, then you don't get a buying signal. And when you don't get a buying signal, you can't move to the discovery process. And when you don't get to the, go to the discovery process, then you can't get to the proposal piece. And when you don't get to the proposal piece, you never can effectively close. Yeah. As you're saying this, like my mind is going to different, of course, different like 
things in my past that ha- that have happened because I have had occasions where we are having the closing conversation and I walked away from it going like, I just didn't, I don't think I conveyed value. And now knowing your, your, your system and your selling staircase, I'm like, we didn't have, I didn't create enough curiosity in the beginning for us to have some of those deeper conversations around what I do, mm-hmm. the services I provide, the benefits, what it's like to work for me. Because if I'm quoting somebody a price, and, and this has happened to me before, I quoted them the price and then they go, well, I just have some questions. And I was like, yeah, of course. She's, they're like, so how does this work? How would I work <laughs> with you? And I felt like a jerk, <laughs> but, but I was like, oh, like, let me, whoa, way back up and start from the beginning. Like almost like, hi, I'm Jody. <laughs> you yeah. know? It was, it was a little embarrassing, but a wake up call at the time, because this person was, it, it, they were leading a lot of the conversation, but I, I like, I, I followed along, you know, yeah. not realizing that they weren't getting their needs met, but now knowing what I know, there were red flags that we were moving too fast through the process. Yeah. And the other thing too, is in the selling process, the client doesn't really lead. And if they are leading, they don't know what you know. Mm-hmm. And so, and I don't mean like, hey, sit down at a meeting and be like, I'm in control, client. I'm going to tell you what we're going to talk about. I don't mean that. It's, it's much more subtle than that. But you do have to lead the process because the client doesn't know what they don't know. They're not really sure what to ask sometimes. And oftentimes, you know, again, like one of the pieces that sometimes gets missed and it's because you didn't create curiosity that you don't get the buying signal and then you don't get to go to discovery. And one of the things I find a lot of people don't do well also is discovery. And discovery, the intent of a discovery process in the conversation, in the selling conversation is to do a couple things. One, it is to only ask questions that lead the person to hiring you. And a lot of times people spend discovery like asking questions as if they've already closed the deal and they're already working together. And that's a mistake because, again, you miss some of those important pieces around building value. And when you ask questions that lead people to hiring you, so just like you, you mentioned earlier, going through the selling strength assessment question questionnaire with me mm-hmm. and that assessment, every single question that I ask leads people to hiring me. Because it it helps them understand, do they need help in this area? And if the answer is yes, well, guess who can help them with that? Me, right? right? And so I don't ask questions that I don't need the answers to until after somebody hires me, until after they actually pay me money. Mm -hmm. Then I might ask some deeper questions. But the discovery process is about, am I asking questions that leads this person to hire me? And also like you're building your value with those questions. Because mm-hmm. I do ask, do you know how to create curiosity in your sales conversations? And most of the time people are like, what now? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> what does and that so, even mean? Yeah, right? And so then and it's like, oh, that, that spurs a conversation. That also demonstrates like this is something that I know and that I can teach. So if they don't know how to do it, guess who their person is more than likely is mm-hmm. me. Cause I don't know a lot of other people that are teaching how to create curiosity about in the selling process. Let's take a quick break here to talk about the sponsor for this episode, text expander. 
You can give your productivity a boost with Text Expander. You can turn the things you type often into snippets and use them everywhere you type. For instance, if someone emails you or contacts you through your website or messages you on a social media platform inquiring into your products, services, and prices, you can create a standard reply so you're not recreating the same message over and over and over again. Your time is too valuable and life is too short to constantly retype what could be a snippet. Companies use Text Expander for Teams for customer support, reports, email, and anywhere else they need consistent and accurate text. Text Expander is available for Mac OS, Windows, iPhone, and iPad, and Chrome. Go to textexpander.com forward slash podcast and select Women Taking the Lead from the dropdown list for 20% off your first year. Again, for 20% off your first year of Text Expander, visit textexpander.com forward slash podcast and select Women Taking the Lead from the dropdown list. Okay, let's get back to all the good stuff that Nikki has to offer us. So the other thing is that a discovery is also an opportunity for you to assess, is this somebody I want to work with? Because the other thing, like the flip side of it, most of us who are entrepreneurs, like one of the best things about being an entrepreneur is that we get to choose our clients just as much as they get to choose us. And so sometimes in the selling strength assessment, I get a sense like, oh, like I probably could help this person, but they are not going to be a good fit for my membership because of the way they come across, or maybe their integrity is not aligned with mine, or maybe they're frankly uncoachable. Not that doesn't sound like a nice thing to say, but every once in a while, like it's hard for me to coach somebody who's like, I am freaking awesome at sales and I don't need any help, but Nikki, I just want to hire you to see what you could do. And it's like, well, if you're not even open, that there might be something. Or they're very defensive. Yes. Or you need some help with like, I'm probably not your coach because I'm not a break people down and build them back up coach. I'm like, let's see what's working for you. And let me highlight this. And then let me show you how to tweak it and adjust it and make it better. And if you're not open to tweaks and adjustments and how to make, make it better, I'm not your coach. Like I'm not the right person for you. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about, um, but before we hit record, and I feel like I say this on this podcast all the time, the conversation before we hit record, it's almost like I should hit record right when people come on and then that's B-roll after that people can listen to later. Um, But we were talking about, um, well, I, I shared with you that what I really appreciated about working with you is none of this is hard. None of it. It's very simple. And Working with you has been an experience of you pointing out things that are in plain sight that I missed before. And because I missed them, I couldn't respond to them. I wasn't dealing with them appropriately. You know, like the, like the whole creating curiosity. Like one of the examples you gave is like when people say like, how are you doing? I'm fine. And that will, and now we're going to pivot the conversation somewhere else as opposed to saying something like, I'm having a really great week. My B&I group is gearing up for a visitor's day and we're, you know, we're going to have over 70 people in the room. You know, like that is a statement that may or may not cause somebody to ask questions about B&I and what's a visitor's right. day and 70 people and da, da. now I can have a conversation. If I wanted to talk about B&I, I can have yeah. a conversation about B&I. And what I loved what, what you shared about this um, 
technique tool as well is if they don't respond, they are clearly not in the market for B&I or a visitor's day. And that's fine. You know, because if they even have a little inkling of being in the market for that, they'll respond. Right. And, and that's an opportunity to kind of gauge and suss out is this person, you know, in, in, um, in the market for my services as well. Yeah. If you're not creating curiosity, you actually are never really sure whether or not this is a prospect or not. And I am, like like you said, I teach stuff that is like in plain sight, but most of us are missing it, right? The obvious things. And once it's commented on, it's like, oh, of course. And then because it's obvious and because it's simple, once it's commented on, you can do it. Like that's the other thing we're going for, right? You can do it. And so if you're not giving an answer to like a how are you question, which is one of the ways to create curiosity is have an answer that gives enough information for somebody to ask a little bit of a question and to pique their interest potentially. And we don't know until we say it to them whether or not it will pique their interest. But for you to say something like, oh, I'm great. I'm gearing up for this big you know, visitor meeting in two days. Like even that, somebody would be like, well, what's that about? Like what kind of visitors? Oh, B&I. Like, oh, tell me more about your B&I group. Where are you guys located? Where do you meet? Well, then now you can actually talk about it versus saying like, well, I talked to this person about the weather and I'm thinking they might be interested. So I'm going to now try to sell to them. Like, no, you don't know if you didn't even try to create curiosity, you don't even know if they're a prospect. And so then trying to sell to somebody just because you met them and shook their hand, Mm -hmm. like, that's what, that's why people complain about people being salesy and gross. It's because you're approaching people who never give you any indication that they're interested. And the reason they didn't give you indication that they're interested is because you didn't create any interest. Absolutely. And just by their um, asking the question, they're giving you permission to talk about what it is you want to talk about. And they're genuinely interested in hearing about it. Now, that doesn't mean you, you know, verbally vomit all over them. You know, no. it's like you you have a nice back and forth, you know, volleying conversation, but you keep continue to give them opportunities to ask questions. And before you know it, they're ready to go to the next step on the selling staircase. Yes. Because when they start to get like, when you've piqued their interest and they start asking you questions, oftentimes those are buying signals and a buying signal is an indicator to invite them to the next step in the process. So in this particular case, because we're using the BNI, it could be that we're inviting them to find out more and for you to kind of suss out, are they a good fit for this, this particular Mm -hmm. group? Right. And then if they're a good fit and they're interested then you propose and issue the invitation for them to come to the meeting. And then they get to make a decision, yay or nay, or they might have an objection or they might have a question. And then you give closing language, like, should we go ahead and get you registered? Right? Mm-hmm. And this is how, and you can do this all in one conversation. Sometimes it takes multiples. It depends on the, what you're selling and what the kind of where the person is in their kind of decision-making process. But oftentimes just in one conversation, like I've had people hand me thousands of dollars in one conversation. Mm-hmm. And I've also had people take, you know, months to hand me a few hundred dollars. And all of that is okay, but you have to be willing to understand like, or you have to be willing to like 
create some interest, let them ask some questions, and then issue invitations to the next steps. Mm-hmm. And you've mentioned a couple of times, it could take somebody months or years to decide to buy with you. But what I want to convey to those who are listening, if, if this is a relevant topic, um, it's not like you're spending hours with them at every touch point. The way Nikki has designed the selling staircase and what we're talking about in terms of creating curiosity and the discovery conversation where you're only asking questions that would lead to the sale, you're actually being more efficient with your time um, and honoring the other person's time as well by getting right to the heart of, you know, where are they on the selling staircase? What do they need to move to the next step? And if they get there, you're ready to do the next process. So it's not like an egregious time commitment if somebody takes years to decide. And from the examples that you've given to me in the past, either through videos or written material is sometimes it's a quick three-minute conversation. It's a touch point. You move them a little bit more forward and then they're, they're ready to go back and do whatever it is. There's still a no for now and then they come back and then you have another quick conversation and then they're like, all right, it's still no for now. And that, you know, so it doesn't have to. So even though from start to finish, the process might be years, it's not like you're investing years of your life into this one person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a really good distinction. And I don't believe in chasing clients. And so people who I always say when you when you start chasing clients, you turn all of these people into toddlers. Because if you say to a toddler like, oh, "I'm going to chase you," a toddler like takes off running. Right? They don't even know what the game is, but you just said it in a fun way, and they're going to run. Yeah. And I think when you act like you're going to chase your clients, they become toddlers and they start running away from you. So at some point, you have to stop the chase. And so you're right. Like if somebody is going to take years to work with me, the touch points are going to be maybe when I see them at an event, I'm going to say, hi, I'm going to check in. I might drop some curiosity creating statements and see if that like spurs anything for them. And I'm always leaving the door open. Like I, I think most people would say like, I know I can pick up the phone and call Nikki when I'm ready to work with her. And she's not going to be like, no, you blew me off two years ago and I'm not going to work with you. Like that's, you know, it's not that I always leave the door open, but I don't chase clients and I don't put a bunch of pressure on either. Mm-hmm. And so then they are, when they are ready, they do come back. Like I just had somebody hire me not too long ago and she's like, I've been following you for three years. I had no idea she was following me for three years, but there was a lot of things I had to do over the course of the three years for her to decide to actually hire me. Some of them were in my control. Some of them were, you know, I do send out a weekly sales tip. And so she was reading my sales tips. And there was one that really sparked for her that was like, oh, okay, Nikki just taught me something in this tip and I'm ready for more of this. And also she needed some like social proof. She wanted to hear from other people who had worked with me. And it wasn't until she came across actually a business coach that said, you need help with sales. And Nikki Roush is the person to go to that. She was like, okay, I got this tip from her. My business coach is saying I should hire her. I'm in. Mm -hmm. For sure. And one thing I also want to convey about you, Nikki, to, um, to the women in my community who are incredibly awesome is, um, because I know typically if you're listening to this podcast, it's because you are awesome. You're an achiever. You've got a lot of accomplishments, awards, accolades, and all of that. But 
because of our tendency towards perfectionism, we're never meeting our own standards. And so that can chip away at our confidence, you know, and we can experience self-doubt. And from my own experience, it was always a question of conveying value. Um, And for myself, it's so funny because I could talk to friends and colleagues and, you know, when we talked about my services and the work with my clients, it was like, I'm really good at this. I'm really good at this. I'm like ahead of the pack. And my clients get amazing benefits. And we end up forming close relationships because we're so in sync with each other and they're so happy with their results. And, you know, so I could have these like backroom conversations where it was like, oh my gosh, yes, yes, you know. And then, but when I was having a conversation with somebody, who was a prospective client, it's like all of that went out the window and I was mentally in this state of like, oh my God, I've got to prove myself and convince them. And am I good enough? I don't know. What if they don't get the results that other people are getting? And all this like mind trash would crop up. And, you know, what I've really appreciated about your model of the selling staircases, what's built into it are also practices to just remind yourself of who you are Mm -hmm. and what you're here to do. You know, Mm -hmm. we we talked briefly about the mandala earlier, and I'm going to ask you to share that in a moment. Um, But other practices that also help you to just stay in a state of being of service and telling your truth right? Your truth is your clients do get these results. Your truth is you can help this person. The truth is it takes the two of you working together, you know, and staying in in that state has made a lot of the other stuff go away. So if you don't mind, Nikki, share the mandala that you teach all of your clients to help them get in this state of, you know, service. Okay. So can I give a little background about it? Absolutely. Yeah. So with the mandala, it it is about state management, so internal state management. And there was a study done years ago where they took people going into really high stressful negotiations and sales opportunities, and they were trying to figure out like how do the cream of the crop like rise? How do these people like some people go into these really high stakes situations and they um they perform really well. Others go in and they kind of crumble a little bit. And what they found, one of the consistent things that they found about these top producers was that they all did something to manage their internal state of mind before they went into the meeting. And so when I was learning um, neuro-linguistic programming, there is a, um, a process or a a strategy that's taught there that's known as the NLP mandala. And there's more story behind it. But really what it is, is something to manage your internal state. And so there are four statements that are given that you are to say to yourself before you go into a meeting, before you pick up a phone call. Sometimes I do it before I write emails. You know, I'm often heard saying that I also do it before I go have lunch with my mom. Like I, there's times when we need to manage our internal states, right? To be our best version of ourselves for however long that meeting is. And I don't mean be your best self. Like you shouldn't feel like you have to be on all day long, you know, Mm -hmm. 24, 18 hours out of the day. That's ridiculous. But in a meeting or in that situation, you want to be the best version you can be. So do something to manage your state. So I teach my clients the NLP mandala. And I often say, if one of the four statements that I give to you 
doesn't resonate, then come up with something else. And if you don't even like the mandala at all, throw it out, find something for you. But do something to manage your state before you go into these situations because it takes the pressure off of you and it allows for you to focus on the conversation and and the other person and not be so caught up in like what I think you just did you call it mind trash? Yeah. Is that what you call it? I've never heard that before, but I love that term. So I'm going to credit that to you and start using that. Mind <laughs> it's trash. It's yours. <laughs> okay, thank you. So get rid of this mind trash. So the first statement, and, and by the way, when I say the statements, it isn't about just saying them to yourself. You actually have to allow them to like, what does it feel like in your body when you experience this? And the brilliant things about our, uh, you know, one of the brilliant things about our minds is that we can elicit feelings in us that are not even like, if I just said to you right now, imagine what it's like to smell chocolate chip cookies or imagine what it's like to bite into like a really juicy lemon. Like you can feel that in your body. Sometimes you can start to smell it or imagine if you heard your favorite song on the radio right now, or I guess most of us don't listen to the radio anymore, but on (laughs) where we listen to music, right? So your brain is that powerful. You don't actually have to be physically in the room with those things to experience them. Okay, so the first statement is, I'm glad I'm here. So what does it feel like for you when you are truly glad to be somewhere? What does it feel like in your body? And give yourself some time to experience it. So I'm glad I'm here. Second statement, I'm glad you're here. What does it feel like when you are genuinely excited and happy to spend time with another person? So I'm glad you're here. Third statement is the power statement, and it is, I know what I know. And that's that place where you show up from credibility. You don't have to know everything. (laughs) You are the expert at what you do know. You show up with years of experience in your field And you know, chances are more than the person that you're in conversation with. So show up from a place of power. I know what I know. And what does it feel like when you feel confident about yourself and about your skill set and about your abilities and about your knowledge? I know what I know. And then the last statement is, I care about you. Come from this place of caring because people feel it. So the four statements again, I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad you're here. I know what I know and I care about you. And I do this, you know, I did it before I got on the <laughs> on the <laughs> recording here with you like before we did the podcast because I want to show up as my best. And mm-hmm. even though some days like really on a scale of 1 to 10, like some days my best that day might be a 6. But I'm going to be the best 6 I can, <laughs> right? In that day. <laughs> and other days when I'm like really on, I always feel like maybe I can get to an 8 and a half. And that's awesome. But you know, some days like maybe a five and a half is the best I can get, but I'm still going to do the mandala. I'm still going to try to show up and be my very best self, manage my internal state, set aside any of that mind garbage or anything else that's calling for my attention. Like just like all of us, we all have a million things to do when we're done listening to this podcast, right? Mm -hmm. There's messages waiting for you and there's dinners to plan and kids to pick up and there's all these things. But be really present in the moment. And 
people feel this from you. Like the very first time I ever did this was, uh, there's a long story about it, but it was a meeting. It was a very high high stakes meeting for me. And I sat out in my rental car and I did this. I kept saying these things to myself over and over again. And then I went in and I gave this presentation that felt like, frankly, like the presentation of my life at that point in my career. And at the end of it, there was a man in the room who came up and he was like, wow, you seem really glad to be here. And I was like, oh, this works. <laughs> I never uttered the words out loud to anybody in the room, but I was like, oh, if he gets a sense that I'm glad to be here, then I'm going to adopt this. And so I teach it to all of my clients because many of them tell me like, this has, this was what got me through this uncomfortable conversation, or this is what got me through to close that big deal or anything that's happening. So I use it a lot and I hope you're, I hope you're, your amazing audience will use it too. Oh, it's transformational. And I think just hearing you say the words, you know, like I was there, I was definitely feeling it. And I, you know, we can't say goodbye without, you know, the big announcement. So everyone hold your hats because part of the reason why I said to Nikki, now is the time I need to, I need to one, introduce you to my community. And this is perfect timing because, and I nearly did cartwheels when the announcement came out. Nikki is about to release another book. So please tell us about your next book and how people can get a hold of it. Thank you. And thank you for the opportunity to share it. So I'm very proud of my third book coming out. It feels like my baby. It is. <laughs> and it's called The Selling Staircase, Mastering the Art of Relationship Selling. And it is uh, the release date for it is July 9th. And it will be available where all books are sold, but on Amazon and you can get the ebook version. There will be a paperback version. There will be an audible version, an audio version coming, but it won't come until mid-August. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's coming and I'm super excited about it. And thank you for letting me share. It's really the five-step process that we kind of touched on here and a lot of little do's and don'ts in the selling process. That's how it's set up. And, um, there's an opportunity to kind of work through some of the material in it as you're reading it. And I'm very proud of it. And I'm super excited for people to read it and use it and close more deals. And that's what it's about is really just make this easier. And I know for myself, um, because I am, you know, promoting the book, I have an advanced copy and I am loving it. And you guys are going to love it too. I would never you know, suggest anyone to spend money on anything that I don't find tremendous value in. And this book is, you know, really captures like what you need to know to guide someone through, you know, the sales process in a way that makes you feel good and makes the other person feel good. And I know how I'm consuming it. I I am going to read it. You know, I have the Kindle version. I'm going to get the worksheets. I'm going to do the worksheets, but I know when the audio version comes out, I'm going to get that too, (laughs) because I will want the reminders. I'll want to be listening in the car, you know, to kind of just remind, because sometimes we just, we know things, but we need to be reminded of what we know so that we're living it instead of saying, yeah, I know that. I know that. I know that. But, (laughs) and this episode is going to drop July 1st. Now, Nikki did say the book is coming out July 9th, but you can pre-order it. Um, and it is in Amazon and you can find it um, by either the title, The Selling Staircase, or Nikki's name, which is N-I-K-K-I. 
Roush, R-A-U-S-C-H. So you can find it that way. Pre-order it so that you have access to it right when it drops. Nikki, is there anything else you want to share with us before we say goodbye, other than where people can find you? Because we'll want to know that too. Okay. Well, here's the last thing I want to leave your audience with is most people want to be asked for their business and they won't make a decision to hire you until you invite them. So never be afraid of inviting somebody to do business with you. Never be afraid of reaching out to somebody and engaging with them because for even if it's a no, most of the time they're flattered. If you do it in an authentic way and if you do it from a place of coming, being of service to them. So I always want to say like, make sure you're inviting people. And even if you think you're inviting, if you're not closing the deals that you want to close, chances are you want to look at that process for yourself. Are you getting the words out of your mouth or do you think it's assumed? Because if it's assumed, it's not an invitation and they won't hire you. Yes. That was a huge lesson learned for me because I was answering all sorts of questions about my business and I people were asking me to talk about my business. And then I'd skip over the step to be like, well, are you interested? Would you, would you like to <laughs> consider this? Like, are you in the market for a coach? Always skipped over that. So this is exactly what I'm talking about, how Nikki points out things that are in plain sight that you're just not seeing. This is one of those things, inviting people to work with you. And for those of you who may not be in sales or may not own business, I really want to convey this book is still worthwhile to read because life is sales. The <laughs> moment you are trying to you know, convince somebody of something or you want to make a point to something or you want, you know, you're, you're guiding somebody through a decision that needs to be made, all of these steps are relevant. And I have been using them to, and Nikki and I talked about this before our we hit record was I use it in this the process of inviting people to my BNI group, which which was why that was top of mind when we were we were talking. I use it to propose ideas to my family that I think might not go over very well. You know, <laughs> and how do I how do I introduce this topic in a way that is makes it a good and productive conversation and enjoyable conversation. So I'll, I'll just say it again. Life is sales. So we can't be afraid of it right? We need to embrace it. And for me, Nikki was the one who's really helped me embrace it. And I invite you to also explore if Nikki is the person for you. So Nikki, thank you so much for taking the time out of what I know is a very busy schedule for you right now as you're about to birth your third book. (laughs) You know, thank you for coming on to, you know, educate us and inspire us. We are all better for having met you. Thank you. Thank you all for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. And to strengthen you on your own leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. So here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. 
And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.